Respect that. That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. You not pee in the pool. You 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 you, you not pee on the barbie. All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from my couch that Ryan slept on. Take it away, Markbot Five Thousand. Hello. I'm not Leonard Nimoy, but I am a sentient robot with thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, a show where Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, and someone that tans very easily, introduces one match per show to his highly illogical sidekick, who has never watched wrestling. They talk about the backstory, they watch the match, and then they rank that match on their ever-growing list. Ryan will probably mention that he respects something during the match and then will likely contradict himself later. He'll also click his mouse repeatedly until Eric asks him to stop. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone that's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches. And let's bring out the star of the program, my negligent daddy. Some days I hope he lives long and prospers, and others I wish he would shit out of his own mouth which, as a matter of fact, is scientifically possible. Fecal and vomit, as it's known in the medical community. While I could go on for hours about the subject, let's just bring out Daddy Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Little call, at, call back to the fecal and vomit from... Gosh, it's been, it's been a bit. I'm not sure I've ever contradicted myself on this show once. <laughs> I dare any Markomaniac to find evidence of Ryan contradicting himself <laughs> and present it in front of us, in front of a jury of your peers. You'll, you won't be able to do it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk. We're, we're going to watch some wrestling. We're going to talk about it. We'll probably take a couple of, uh, you know, veers off course every now and again. But for the most part, it'll be wrestling. And everyone's favorite professional wrestling personality, Leonard Nimoy, as represented by MarkBot5000 there, introing us. Uh, so let's let's get right into it. So, so far, in our chronicling of WCW, your classic TNT wrestling, Ryan, we've focused a lot on the main event guys, your Hogans, your Stings, your Macho Mans, what have you. But now that we've seen the culmination of the NWO storyline and the horrible payoff of that match between Sting and Hulk Hogan, let's pivot to another element of WCW. While the main event scene may have had the star power to bring eyeballs in, it was actually the cruiserweights of WCW that were counted on to deliver in the ring week after week with fast-paced, high-flying action, which I know, Ryan, you... You love yourself a good high high flying bit of action. And in February of nineteen ninety-eight, the top dog of the WCW cruiserweight division was a man by the name of Chris Jericho. Hailing from the Great White North of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, Jericho Jericho was the son of NHL player Ted Irvine. Why why of, co- of course. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All, all Canadians just play hockey. Is that what you what you think? The Great White North. The Great White North. 
<laughs> but instead of following in his father's footsteps, Jericho set upon a different path, one that would take him across the world, learning styles from each corner of the globe and honing his craft in squared circles in multiple continents. Jericho began training in Calgary in a school run by one of Bret Hart's brothers. After a mere two months, cowboy Chris Jericho was ready to make his debut. He quickly realized that his development as a wrestler would stall out if he stayed in his pocket of Canada, and he wanted to broaden his horizons in other territories. So with a basic understanding of Spanish, Jericho made the move to Mexico. Upon his arrival... A fan vote was conducted to name this bright young superstar, with options including He-Man, Chris Power, and Leon de Oro, which translates to Golden Lion. Leon de Oro won the vote, and over time, Jericho would go on to adopt the name of Lionheart Chris Jericho. After a few years of cutting his teeth in Mexico, Jericho earned him... Why is that funny? Cutting his teeth in Mexico. Yeah, that's... You know, like, dental issues, like... You've never heard the expression, cutting his teeth? No, I've heard... No, no, I haven't. <laughs> when you... Because, like, yeah, you're like a baby, you're developing. When you say you're cutting your teeth, doing something, it means you're kind of learning. Oh, I thought it was, like... Sorry, I thought it was, like, go down to Mexico, get your dental work done. <laughs> yeah, cut your cheaper. teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cut, okay. Get some veneers, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> So after after a few years of learning his trade, how about that, Ryan, in Mexico, <laughs> Jericho earned himself a spot in Japan where he further developed his in-ring skills. From there, his time in Japan led him to getting bookings in ECW, which then led to Jericho landing on WCW's radar. Now, it's important to point out at this stage in his career, all of the places that Jericho had traveled to had a significant emphasis on the wrestling part of wrestling. But in the United States, there are times where what happens after the bell rings is the least important part of the show. And his arrival in WCW opened his eyes that there was something missing from his character. So in an era where Stone Cold Steve Austin was getting thunderous ovations everywhere that he went by being an anti-hero badass, and where the NWO were technically bad guys, but ended up getting cheered more than anybody else on the show because they were bad in a cool way, Jericho's character could be summed up as young, handsome, long-haired good guy. So Jericho would come out, he'd yell about how excited he was, when he made his entrance, he'd stand by the guardrail, enticing fans to touch him as he'd scream, Yeah! Come on, baby! <laughs> In short, it was corny, it was lame, and to steal a line from my co-host here, it was not authentic. <laughs> Which, as a quick aside, Ryan, a lot of people's memories of the late 90s wrestling boom centers around cool shit. And a good chunk of what was on TV was meant to appeal to what a teenage boy would find cool with varying levels of success. But it's very easy to gloss over probably the biggest shift in wrestling at the time, which was more authentic characters. The days of fans cheering for someone solely because they were being presented as a good guy were over. If you didn't have a way of holding the audience, you weren't going to make it. And so with that in mind, after a year and a half of 
bland Lionheart Chris Jericho, Jericho would finally get a chance to prove himself and become a bad guy. But just like how wrestling fans had shifted and how they reacted to traditional good guys, their reactions to bad guys had changed as well. Many wrestlers around this time, even the bad ones, uh, and by bad I mean the heels, they wanted to be cool. Being cool meant that fans would buy your merchandise, which meant more money, but oftentimes it would lead to splits in the crowd reactions and less satisfying matches overall. Jericho did not want to be cool. Jericho wanted to be a sniveling, obnoxious, delusional jackass. So while the NWO wore sunglasses indoors and threw up neat gang signs, Jericho would reference 80s hair bands and throw tantrums in the ring. <laughs> any, any questions so far? So the, the split in the crowd, like having... So like... As opposed to having all the fans being there for one guy, like a split in the crowd was a negative thing where you have two sides of the crowd each going for. Yeah, generally speaking, and like there are exceptions to this rule where like it's almost like a, a sports type environment where you have a pocket mm-hmm. of people who would be for one guy and a pocket that are for another. Again, that's probably more common nowadays than it used to be. But like, especially say in like the 80s and early 90s, you didn't want to split the crowd. You wanted right. everyone to be all in on one guy. Uh, in fact, just kind of off the top of my head, I remember... The WWF had at one point in time planned a feud between Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake Roberts. They shot one angle where Jake the Snake DDT'd Hulk, and then there was a significant portion of the crowd that were chanting, DDT, DDT. And then when Jake went backstage, and he was like, oh, God, that's not good. And then then when he goes backstage, Vince McMahon was like, you know, you've got the worst fucking luck. And they immediately yeah. killed that because they didn't want to hurt the golden goose of Hulk Hogan. They wanted Hulk okay. to be universally beloved so that everyone would buy his shit and stuff like that. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like you do see that. Like when you split the sports thing, it kind of ruins it. Like you do a Super Bowl in a mixed area, or you mm-hmm. know, it's not the same. But um, I, yeah, I feel like I guess yeah, most of the matches we watched has been pretty lenient towards one wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, Usually, okay. For the most all part, right. not but, all I, that, but that I would way, think but... it'd be cool, like to have like both sides, like to kind of fight it out. Like it sounds cool, but like it maybe in practice doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a lot of times in wrestling, like the absolute best matches are the ones where everybody's really, yeah. really pro one guy and really, really right. anti another. Again, not always, but but most of the time. Okay. So we talked about Jericho again, referencing 80s hair bands, throwing tantrums in the ring. Jericho actually turned heel by throwing repeated tantrums after losing matches. He would strike the ring post with a chair and he would tear the jacket off of the ring announcer. So after weeks of this behavior, followed by weekly insincere apologies, Jericho's new persona was established. And in 1998, February of 1998 to be specific, Jericho was challenged for his cruiserweight title by a young up-and-coming luchador by the name of Juventud Guerrera. Juventud, or Juvi for short, was a second-generation masked Mexican wrestler. Does why is that funny? <laughs> no, I just no, it's not. It's, I just I knew it was okay. The mask. I. I just knew by the name. Oh, no, it's not funny. It's <laughs> lucky not guess. Funny. I, lucky guess, yeah. But good. We, we need some more Mexicans in this podcast. All right. Easy, pal. But uh, <laughs> Hoovy, 
We'll just call him Hoovy. He was a second-generation masked Mexican wrestler. Despite only being 23 at the time of our match here today, he was somewhat experienced with nearly five years under his belt as a pro. But like Jericho, Hoovy had also struggled to make a name for himself in WCW. In particular... Rey Mysterio Jr. was usually viewed as the top luchador in the company, but Hoovy was determined to carve out a path for himself. And so, in early 1998, Hoovy would actually become the WCW Cruiserweight Champion, forever etching his name in the history books. Unfortunately for Hoovy, he only managed to hold on to the title for one week before he lost it to his rival, Rey Mysterio. Uh, Mysterio was then promptly beaten and injured by the newly turned heel, Chris Jericho. Desperate to prove that his reign was not a fluke, Hoovy challenged Jericho to a match for the Cruiserweight title at the following WCW pay-per-view, Super Brawl 8 in San Francisco. But the devious Jericho had an ace up his sleeve, and he accepted the challenge on one condition. If Hoovy lost, he would be forced to remove his mask. So this served to raise the stakes for our match, making it a Lucha de Apuestas contest, or a betting fight in the English translation. Hoovy had wagered his mask twice before coming out victorious in both matches. Jericho, for his part, had actually competed in one Lucha de Apuestas match previously, wagering his hair, and he was also victorious. Uh, we've watched one of these types of matches previously, which pit Rey Mysterio Jr. against Eddie Guerrero. Ryan was successful in his prediction that Mysterio would hold on to his mask in that bout. So that about covers it for our match here today. Jericho is putting up his cruiserweight title. Hoovy is going to be wagering his mask. One man is going to win it all in the Cow Palace in San Francisco. I think San Francisco would host another wrestling match. Uh, yeah, they've hosted many, many wrestling matches. Have they? Oh, the Cow Palace is a... I hear it's a dump. I've never been. I hear it's v because it's so old. But I've heard that the Cow Palace is like this legendary wrestling arena. Uh, yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania, no. not that many years ago, was was uh, was held in San Francisco, too, at the really? 49ers arena. Yeah. Okay. At the Niners arena? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No shit. Okay. That was like maybe five to six years ago, something like that. There's one city that I hated the most. It'd probably be San Francisco. They're people. I just. <laughs> They're people. Do you, I, I mean, to be fair, neither of these men are from San Francisco. So hopefully you don't, you know, hold that against the match. No, I wouldn't hold it against the wrestlers. I just. Of course. Know. That would be I hypocritical. Might, I might hold it against the fans. We'll see how they act. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, this but, is 1998 San Francisco. Yeah, so this okay, is right, pre tech enough, boom. Yeah. 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 For the most I part. I'll take that. I'll take my consideration as I view this. Mm. Um, Scientifically, yeah. of course. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So as far as our data, before we watch this thing, Ryan's record, 42, 35, and 1. He is on a one-match losing streak. Uh, this is our first match that we've ever seen emanating from the great city of San Francisco. And <laughs> have you been to San Francisco? I, yeah. Okay. But you didn't like it. Not the city. <laughs> You don't like a good Giardelli chocolate? Is that because it's not in bar form? <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that a thing out there? Yeah, it's, yeah, Giardelli yeah. chocolates in San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, no, I um, 
I dealt with enough San Francisco customers to understand that I did not like them at all. Not that Seattle's a short, they're very close behind San Francisco as well. And I'm from there. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not shitting on it just because I'm shitting on it. Yeah. I, I just, I, I've been there. I don't. Yeah. But, but you know what? Everyone can improve. Everyone can get better. I do like China. Say that I'll have a chance. Yeah, right. Exactly. They, yeah, yeah. I do, I'm worried Ryan doesn't think that people can change. But uh, I've been there once, and uh, Chinatown I was a big fan of. Uh, but yeah, I, was, I, I probably don't have the need to go back anytime soon. But I don't have ill will towards our f- friends to the south. Uh, one last thing, one last bit of morsel of information. Ryan's record in the state of California, the Golden State, one in four. It's not, it's not good. That's not good. Let's see if we can improve it's not it good. today. See if we can improve yeah. it. Uh, any questions before we watch this thing? Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, we are going to watch Juventud Guerrera take on Chris Jericho for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And again, Juventud is putting his mask on the line. So we will be right back with our thoughts. Tony, when we say that... Juventud's career might be in jeopardy. I really don't think it's a case of over-exaggerating or overstating the case. He's invested six years as a pro wrestler to reach the status that he currently enjoys, and history shows us that without the mask, he may never be able to reach that level again. Look at Jericho once again. He doesn't want to take that belt off. He loves that belt. That's his security blanket. He wants to wrestle with the belt on. That's his binky. His what? Binky. His binky. Yeah. Jericho will, I guess, try to wrestle with the belt on. Mickey J should just step right in there and say, this match is not going to go any further until you get it off. But he's allowing the match to continue with the belt on. Title versus mask. How about that? Good. It came back to haunt him. It kicked him right in the belt. Yeah, take it now. That's right. Him gasping for air in the corner. Right now in trouble is Jericho. Hoovertoon has him in position. He's up on top of the Champion. His Wait arm, a minute. His arm went down with a three count here. But there is an argument. And Jericho's think, hand was on the rope, I believe. You know, and that's what Mickey J is telling him. Oh. Mickey J said, Wait a minute. The hand was on the rope. Oh, oh, oh he's got him. And he put it in. And look where he has it. To the lion tower. Oh, he's got him. Dead center on the Super Brawl logo. That's the middle of the ring. Now look, his arm tucked under. Oh, he said oh, yes. Oh, we're going to see what he looks oh. like. He held on as long as he could. He held on, but you're right. Right in the middle of the Super Brawl logo. He couldn't take it anymore. Nowhere to go. Chris Jericho is still the Cruiserweight champ. And now Hubertus Guerrero must take off the match. Ladies and gentlemen, I did it. I really, really did it. Thanks to all you Jericho-holics. I'm still the champ. And I dedicate this win to all of you lovable, happy Jericho-holics. Come on, Hoovy. Take off your mask, bro. I don't think the issue Come here... Come on, quasi-forever. ...is what he looks like or who it is. The Ladies fact and gentlemen, is that he's unmasked please, is the issue here. If you have a weak heart or if you get sick easily, please close your eyes or leave the building now because this guy is ugly. Take that mic away, mic away from him. You don't have to stay. You can leave if you want. 
This is taking far too long here. And he just rips it off his face. And our first look ever at the face of Juventud Guerrera, the man under the mask. Has to be very difficult for Juventud Guerrera at this point. Probably feeling like he let the family, the tradition down. Well, he looked in the but camera and said, I love you, and I'm sure he was talking to his father and his family there. Uh, we have a look at it this way. Now when he's delivering pizzas, everybody will know him. It's not funny. There's still a great athlete, though, mask or not, in Juventud Guerrera. All right, we're back. We just watched Juventud Guerrera take on Lionheart Chris Jericho. What did you think of the match, Ryan? I did I did like the match. I, I can't I can't say I didn't. Um, didn't overstate his welcome. No, no, I didn't. No, not at all. Actually, it was pretty quick to the point. Like, Yeah, yeah not a lot of... Good. Uh, of stuff you don't like where people are just kind of laying around, etc. It was very fast-paced. Yeah, no, they got to it. They had some good, they had some great moves during the match. Um, you know, I, yeah, it was a good, solid fucking match. Uh, well, I mean, we'll rank it, obviously, in, in just a little bit. Uh, but um, you, you see, uh, like, if you you can probably hear a little bit of it in his voice. Ryan's a little disappointed. He did, he did lose, he did lose this one. Like, so I was initially upset. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think I made my case for how that is he won the match. But if you look at the replay, he did technically grab the rope before he was tapped yeah. out. Right. Uh, now, that was a, mis- was a mistake on their part, and I do deserve the victory, um, <laughs> obviously. But, yes, I mean, he, he grabbed the rope. I can't, I can't fight that. He, he got it. I just think, like, if they, but if they're going to do that, they're gonna do that. You can't just write, oh, like back. You gotta, you gotta review it on camera. You gotta, you gotta stop the match. You gotta break everyone. You gotta review it and say, hey, this is what happened. We fucked up. Right. And we gotta go back to it instead of just like, oh, like we're just gonna keep rolling around in the mud until we figure this out. Like, right. You give the referee a nice little Britney Spears hand hands free microphone. Have them announce to the people what's going on. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Because they called it. They called it in the uh, in the arena. Yes. For sure, yeah. So, no, everyone the the bells ringing, etc. I could see how people would be, you know, excited about the the finish to that match, which again was was not the finish, unfortunately for for Hoovy and his mask. I did like how they did. Like, I feel like those matches usually when there's some like bullshit trickery that I get drug into all the time. <laughs> matches, I they they did go after. It wasn't like I thought he was going to take it again. I thought he had a chance to take it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And usually it feels like when they do that, they throw something in. It's like the match ends really quick. But yeah, uh, I thought like, yeah, it was, a, it was a good match overall. Like I, I enjoyed the, the entire thing. You know, I still think, you know, I could make a case for the, the W, but you know, I, I'll play it. I'll play it as it is. I, I'm a fair guy. Like play the balls at lies. As they say. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into our notes. So Hooventude is, he's the first to make his entrance. He's all, he was all hyped up on Fanta. He's a great guy, by the way. I <laughs> I respect that guy. I thought he was going to take off his mask and have another mask. He That guy took off his mask and showed his face to the world. He had a beautiful face. That guy is a great-looking guy. Like <laughs> Beautiful what, man. Beautiful man. Like, yeah. Uh, so, respect to him. Uh, yes, absolutely. Much, much big ups to, to yeah. Hoovy. Uh, what, 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 uh, what sold you on Hoovy for your pick? I, I think... When they were talking about initially, like he was doing that thing, like he hasn't even brought up the aerial moves yet. 
right. They were, he was doing some pretty cool shit, and he hadn't even brought out like what he's mm-hmm. what he normally does. And then he brought it out. It, it, you know, like yeah, it was a very impressive it. springboards yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I liked what he brought to the table. I thought he was a solid wrestler. Then we have Chris Jericho's entrance. Uh, I thought initially uh, during the entrances anyway i thought you were gonna pick jericho just solely on account of the crowd interaction of him tearing up that san francisco fans I did like sign. it i did like i told you i i i loved it fuck san francisco <laughs> go over there and fuck fuck their fans you know like <laughs> whatever like i like that i did I thought that was going to be enough for you to to pick him, but clearly, clearly it was not. But just so everybody's clear, it was a Chris Jericho fan holding up a, a sign that read "I'm a Jerichoholic." He would do this a lot. He would go up to their sign and, and like pretend like he played nice, nice, grab it out of their hands, and then rip it apart and shout at them, "Don't patronize me!" <laughs> he's he's a panda bear. He doesn't <laughs> understand, right? right? Like he's he doesn't get it. Hoovy, he's a koala. With Chlamydia. Exactly. That must have been the uh, lead up to this. It, yeah, there a lot of backstory about Hoovy's <laughs> Chlamydia leading up to, to this this whole thing. Also, Jericho's vest. I, I don't think I caught it when we rewatched it, but I have it in my notes here. It's a giant picture of his own face, <laughs> and there's text that says, Your Role Model, which uh, if I could also get a vest uh, for myself with my own face that says that, I would be uh, all about it. But, you just put it on my face that so you already have. That's true. Pictures of, you lots, see, lots of Ryan faces. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I don't know if I yeah. treat you as my role model, but you know, you're something to me. But Jericho, be nice. <laughs> Jericho insists upon wearing his belt at the start of the match, despite the referee repeatedly attempting to get him to take it off. Which you you did call that that was going to be a little you know thing in the match. That referee is a huge pussy. <laughs> just huge biggest pussy referee I've ever seen. I liked him. I, I thought like he was honorable, but he's a huge pussy. Like biggest pussy referee I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Uh, that's Mickey J sir that you're, you're talking Mickey about J. there. Mickey Good J. guy, but a huge pussy. <laughs> uh, he would. So Jericho refuses to take the belt off, uh, wrestles with the belt on and then Hoovy eventually kicks him in the gut. Jericho collapses, starts gasping for air, and then passes the belt silently over to the to the referee. So just a fun little little spot to to start the match, and something that I think gets over Jericho's character of being a delusional idiot. Like he's refusing to take this belt off until it's used against him, and he's like, "Okay, fine, now I'll do it." He's he's almost like a petulant child in in, in a lot of respects, which again. In an era where everybody was being badass, cool bad guys, you have Jericho just being just the sniveling, cowardly bitch. So you were talking about this earlier and like merchandise and selling and playing to the fans and like the role that you had. But like, so that was that like, I I understand just being different uh-huh. than like you, to, but like that can't be a character where you're getting a like would you wear a Jericho merchandise? Like, would you like, I mean, does that sell? Um, I don't think so. When, when he first got started with the character, it was, there was no merchandise. There was no merchandise to speak of. So like, I don't think that was his intention is to like, Oh, I want to sell a bunch of t-shirts and stuff like that. Over time, this Chris Jericho character, because he was so outlandish and ridiculous and stupid, there was a very, 
there was a growing segment of the audience that was like, this guy's fucking hilarious. Even though he's like the guy that we're booing and he's like a piece of shit bad guy, what he's doing is so different from what everybody else is doing on the show that like it was making people fans of his. And so eventually he got over and became popular because of that. But like to start at this very beginning part of the Chris Jericho character, he was just basically designed to get as much heat and like for people to fucking want him to get his face punched in as much as possible. It's like politics now, right? Like <laughs> it's like how like it's WWE it's just merged. Yes. You know. <laughs> You're not the first you know, there's a, a personality in wrestling nowadays, Eric Bischoff. He was actually the head of WCW during their prime years. He has repeatedly made that same statement. I mean it's 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 block. You can't not see it. Like it's crazy. Like you just be this most ridiculous fucking character, and then you can. Then you can kind of like once you've got like people like noticing you, then you can kind of like go ahead and and do whatever. But <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like it mimics it like almost completely. Like right now, I have no I have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, back to Alex Jones <laughs> and his gay frogs. But of, yeah. for 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 our notes. <laughs> So, so Hoovy, a lot of impressive offense, some big spinning wheel kicks, some ground wrestling, etc. cetera. Uh, I think for me, maybe the most notable thing towards after the whole belt shenanigan bit, uh, Hoovy hits a big springboard Hurricane Rana. That sends Chris Jericho to the floor. <laughs> I was trying to get your attention during it so you could kind of pick up on it. Jericho's laying there stiff as a board. Occasionally, the camera catches him picking his head up, looking, and then pretending like he's unconscious again which the reason which we we went into was because of, of course as the champion if you lose by count out while you lose the match you still hold on to the title so he was just trying to just get that belt take a chicken shit way of keeping his his title yeah. exactly yeah. which of course Hooventude caught wind of uh hits him with a big elbow throws him back in the ring meanwhile cool. jericho's shouting no no <laughs> i I think that makes like that move wasn't all that sick, but when you throw that into it, just him realizing what was going on, that makes it a little more sick. Like, yeah, it's a it's a heads up it's a heads up play. Yeah, no, it's like yeah, Jericho looks like an idiot for it. Hoovy doesn't. Hoovy looks is not made to look bad by any of the things that yeah. that Jericho does for the most part. Um, but now they're back in the ring. We've got a series of chops. Some of these chops were fucking stiff. Like you could really hear them re- reverberate through the the arena. Uh, let's see here. Juvie or Juvie, Hoovy fly flips out of a German suplex. Springboard dropkick. Now they're brawling back outside the ring. There was a little bit of step stuff, but nothing that I think was egregious in your mind. Because I think for you, you always get upset when people are hitting each other with the steps. This was not that. Jericho just moved the yeah, steps, yeah. used them as kind of a catapult, <laughs> and then uh, got hung up throat first on the guardrail. Yeah, it was fine. It's just the tiny, tiny steps that they, the tiny weighted steps that they use. They're loud. They weigh one pound. Now, I, I'm it's sure. Made, it's made of styrofoam, and they just fucking oh, like, play this... that shit up. Those, there's no way those steps are never made out of styrofoam. Wait, are you? do you really believe this? You don't really. You're just being a dick right now, yeah. I'm. I those okay. Styrofoam might be a little too far, but like those steps, always they just pick them up like nothing. Like they're nothing. I mean, they're probably. 
I've never held them for the record, so I don't have a frame of reference here specifically. I had to, if I had to guess, I'd probably say that each like ha- because it's usually halved. It's two halves of the steps that kind of like lock together. Each half's probably around I don't know, maybe like twenty or so pounds. If I had to guess, twenty to thirty maybe. Well, I mean, okay, they just they they make them look like they're heavy steel, like steps and then they just pick these things up and like throw them on someone not in this case they didn't but like usually like oh like i got hit with this steel step thing and like oh but i'm fine you know no Uh, i mean they are hollow so i mean there's that element to it uh i think i mean you see it a lot as weapons i think what's more impressive for me is when you see guys do moves on top of the the steps because they don't have a ton of ton of give to them although the fact that they aren't you know, especially heavy, but like if somebody takes like a slam or something like that, like I always, I always pop for that personally. But again, we didn't have to worry about that here because nobody used it as a, as an actual weapon. But then they go back in the ring, Jericho pile driver. We saw a pile driver in this one. Yeah. A couple too, at least. That's true. Actually. Yeah. Both guys yeah. hit uh, pile drivers. One of my highlights. So to take a step back, the N64, Ryan, Hell of a mm-hmm. system. Hell of a Absolutely. Hell of a hell system. Of a system. 1080 snowboarding. <laughs> Say your game or did you that, I know I know that's your game. Okay, all right. How's that? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Great game. Uh, another fantastic series of games were the wrestling games for the N64. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 2000, WCW, NWO Revenge, No Mercy, etc., etc. One of my favorite moves from that that I would always give my character in those wrestling moves, so or in those wrestling games, there was uh, the Chris Jericho cocky pin. So as we saw in this match, a lot of times what Jericho would do is he would just put one boot on his opponent's chest. He'd flex and he'd say, "Yeah, come on, baby!" And it ne- no one would ever get beaten with it. Ever, but he'd do it every single yeah. match, and they had that move in the video games. But it would like win, and so every time that you would win with that fucking pin, your character would just start cheering and jumping up and down like they just won yeah. the fucking World Series or something. So I love it. It's like the nuts over the face in Call of Duty. <laughs> yes, in many ways, yeah. it is the tea bag, the Call it's of Duty tea bag, yeah, yeah, yeah. tea bag, yeah. I- I- indeed. So, a little bit more back and forth. Victory roll from Hooventude. Jericho with a big boot. We've got some suplexes, senton, etc. Right around here, we've got a a backbreaker submission from Jericho where he's, like, yelling at the referee, Ask him! Ask him! If you go to wrestling shows, even now to this day, a lot of times when somebody has a guy in a submission hold, occasionally people in in various pockets of the crowd will just shout, Ask him! (laughs) As sort of an homage to uh, to Jericho, but um, so Jericho claims Juventud quit. Referee says no. Jericho's incredulous. They go back and forth, and then uh, really maybe one of the highlights of the match, Hoovy with his his variation of the pile driver after he hits a big air Hoovy to the outside, so he springboards, kind of just crashes into Jericho outside of the ring. Then when they go back in, again, Hoovy hits the pile driver, hits a big 450, a big front flip splash, and pins Jericho. Referee counts one, two, three, but as soon as his hand hits three, he notices that Jericho had grabbed the bottom rope. Uh, The timekeeper, the bell ringer, 
little presumptuous, immediately goes, rings the bell, but the, the referee's waving it off. He, he's like, no, no, that was not three. It's up, it's up for debate. Like, that's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, you almost got to say, if they call it, they call it. I, but they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> but they didn't right? call it. So. They, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't. Okay. And they made the right call. Right. Uh, the ref did. But I'm just saying, like. We saw the replay. You, you can't you can't call. Like, if I pay for that event and my guy, it was called, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed already, but I'm pissed at the match too. Like <laughs> I'm pissed with these San Francisco motherfuckers, like you know. And uh, this comes back. This comes full back. To yeah. That. So it, rough, but I saw it on the replay. I'll accept it. I'll accept what it. happened. I saw it. It was fair. You're a big man. You're a big man. For yeah, that. I am. I am a big man. That's why I'm on the show. So Jericho takes advantage. So Hooventude is understandably distracted. He's unsure about, you know, what, what happened. You know, he thought he won the match. Clearly he didn't. It, yes. Sorry. Did we discuss on air what I think should have happened in this? Or was that? Uh, I don't recall. I think what they should have done in this case is if it is, if there's any controversy over like oh. what happened and who you got it. Announce Stop that. the match. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about it. The Britney Spears. Was that, was that on free. air? Okay. Yeah, that okay. was on air. Yeah. Okay. Was- I just want to. Well, just, you got to stop the match. You got to <laughs> let everyone reset and then get back into it. Which is why I can never consider this an L fully. But you know, <laughs> um, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Noted. But Jericho, <laughs> he he takes advantage of that opportunity. Chop blocks Hoovy from behind, and then starts kind of going to work on Hoovy's leg. Uh, we've got a little bit of back and forth. As you've mentioned, a lot of times when there's kind of like restarts of matches, it's over within, you know, maybe 30 seconds, something like that. Are you clicking a pen? No, but I am fishing. Okay. Uh, but this one actually went for maybe not, not a humongous length of time, but maybe another minute and a half, two minutes, something like that. Uh, there's some back and forth, etc. cetera. Uh, basically what happens, Jericho, he counters one of Hoovy's attempts at a, a springboard, uh, grabs him by the legs, uses, uses Hoovy's legs, kind of turns him on. And one of my favorite submission holds of all time, the lion tamer. Basically you just bend the guy back at his neck that move was so over in WCW. Like, if he locked that in, it was fucking victory. So, like, as much of a piece of shit coward as he was, that move was super, super, super over. But uh, Jericho wins, <laughs> grabs the microphone. I did it! I really, really did it! I, I want to thank all the Jericho-holics in-, in the crowd. <laughs> Your cheers really helped me <laughs> to-, to make it happen. And then, uh, of course, Hoovy, he's it's uh, it seems like he's gonna just leave. Uh, Jericho's like, "Where are you going?" Blah blah blah. He starts kind of undoing, uh, undoing his mask. Hooventu does, and then Jericho gets impatient, grabs the mask, walks away, and then again the beautiful the beautiful features on Hooventu Guerrero. That guy is, in, I I'm just saying, this incredible looking guy. Like <laughs> I I don't know if I've seen a, just a gorgeous fucking man. I, to be totally honest, like he's a great looking dude. Good for him. Showed his face. Uh, respect, respect that how it played out. You got to you know. I like so. when Jericho is on the microphone as Hooventude is taking his mask off, and he's like, "If you have a weak heart or get sick easily, please leave the building yeah. now because this guy is ugly." <laughs> 
wrong about that, man. Like <laughs> he can get any any woman he wants. Yeah. But that's our match. So we we just saw it again. Hoovy loses the mask to Chris Jericho. Loses his opportunity at the cruiserweight championship. But uh, we got to rank this thing now. I like this match. I did like the match. I thought it was like it, it was almost like the perfect amount of time. Yeah. And I thought everyone did what they came to do. Like I won't I won't allow the fuckery to like mess with this rate rating. I, I it's fine. All right. Okay. I understand okay. this happens. I've been here long enough. Um So based on what the feelings I'm getting from you, would you say this was good or great? Yeah, it's right in there. That's what I'm looking at. Um, I think I think it would have to be probably upper good. I don't know if it gets into the great. Okay, okay. Um, let's let's take a look here. So the very top of good is Mankind versus The Rock. That was actually our in person match that we watched when uh, you know we watched the Deadly Game tournament with Steve Austin and Mankind and The Rock. That's that. Uh, then we've got uh, Andy Kaufman and. Jimmy Hart versus Jerry Lawler. That's a very early match that we watched. I think Hogan and Flair. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm thinking of Easy Pick right now, just because right around this area is going to be the right put it right over Hulk. Um, you, you, you son of a bitch. No new uh, new twenty one. Okay, so this so Jericho and Hooventude better than Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Okay, okay. All right, new 21, new good match. A good borderline great. Just, just a it, it, it could have, you know, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was sitting in, in, in the area, so it was just a good match, yeah. Yeah, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you, you enjoyed it. I'm glad. I always enjoy when you enjoy the matches, and I always don't enjoy when you don't enjoy them. Unless it's a match that's designed to not bring you joy, and then I enjoy so, th- just a quick, what the last match we watched? Yeah, um, that was. Where would you put that? <laughs> not the one we watched today. No, no, not that one. The last uh, the, in Japan. Uh, that's number four. Okay. You ranked it forty-two. Oh, that's a, oh yeah, it was like, okay. Yeah, you put sure. it in okay. So you put that. But I trash that a little bit more. But. Well, you were in kind of a boo-boo face mood, so yeah. yeah. I I, th- I thought that was a. At least a good match, maybe okay. even a in great good, match. Oh, in the, oh, okay. I like that match a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Probably good, probably upper good, maybe right around where we actually put the... Okay, okay. Maybe, Just, yeah, probably around 25-ish for me, personally, something like that. Okay. Just curious. Um, all right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's out of nowhere that you asked me about last week. Well, I, I, was, <laughs> I... You know, that's... Maybe I'll go back and watch this match dead sober. What the see. match from last episode? No, this match. Oh, this match. Let's see where I <laughs> see where I put it. Um, but I no, I I did like this match. Like I said, it got to the point. It had some good moves. It was you know the the good commentary too. Like the the commentary on this match was actually great. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, right. You really enjoyed the commentary a lot. We didn't. I did. I that. thought they were very like kind of. Like, um, like as a matter of fact, but also like they kind of shit on. Like, I thought it was good. I thought it was good commentary. Um, like I said, it could just be that I didn't hear comedy commentary last time, but um, yeah. <laughs> and as far it. as I'm aware, I'll have to, I, I can always double check, but I'm pretty sure because we do have some more uh, New Japan matches lined up. But as mentioned, they all have English commentary moving forward. So. <laughs> 
I'm not. Hey, man, I don't. I'm not trash or anything. I just couldn't understand it. Like, <laughs> maybe you, know. you should learn a little bit of Japanese. Do a link. We have free, some, dog. I'm looking in here, and there's some Nevada matches. I just didn't realize. <laughs> We've watched, I, I think some of them we watched before you moved out to Vegas. Okay, that might have been why I didn't pick it up. Um, um, yeah. But yeah. So th- they're in the good. Nevada's a great state. Nevada's a good state, according to this. Yeah, we'll have to test ranking. out what your Nevada ra- rating is ranking in this yeah, case. I'll yeah. have to. I think it's only a three so far, but yeah. California. Oof. That's going to bring your record in California down to one and five, Doc. Maybe I shouldn't be in California. I'm just not designed for. Shit! What? You're you're fidgeting. Did you break the thing you've been fidgeting? I, for the I, did you? Minutes? Could you? I just broke it. They're fingernail clippers. <laughs> <laughs> God, Jesus Christmas. Okay, we need we need to get him fed because he's he's just he's breaking shit. He's going all hulkish yeah. over there. Uh, um, one last thing I'll mention, kind of around that same topic. You know, one city that we have not watched any matches from yet. Uh, what is it? Seattle. Have we done Washington at all? We have not done any matches from Washington yet. No, I've got okay. matches in mind though. We will. We will. Get I can't to imagine them. they're great. You know, San Francisco. We'll find out. I mean, we may at some point in time watch a match that was featured at the event <laughs> that set the all-time 54, Safeco Field fifty-four thousand ninety-seven. Something that, the Seattle Mariners have never done. Maybe to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you already rate, ranked the last match, so you can't you can't take out your frustrations at that. So. <laughs> yeah. but, but with all that in place, we got to end it with Eric's wisdom tree and Ryan's little nipples. <laughs> nice touch. Thank to you. Yeah. Ryan's nipple time <laughs> is a. Uh, the Those newest. are normal. They might be the most normal nipples. Or there's nothing special about them. Yeah. I've seen your nipples before. They're fine. That picture that we have with the Tony Tate, uh, my shirt's up, but my nipples are not exposed. Yeah, no, I saw your nipples at the pool in Vegas. I did not see your nipples uh, there in my garage. Oh, oh, was that was that the first time? That I, was, was the Vegas pool the first time I've seen your nipples? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yes. Okay. I don't think we've ever been topless around one another until then. <laughs> Maybe we should just do a show topless. <laughs> <laughs> I... I don't. I mean, I feel like the energy of the the podcast might change a little bit. I don't know yeah, if that's good yeah. or bad, but you know, <laughs> we'll bring Chris Paxton too. Oh my god, he has the longest nipple hair I've ever seen. <laughs> there we go. Like, did you know that when you mentioned him just now? No, but I could see like Chris Paxton was interesting nipples, like for sure. His nipples are normal. His nipple hair, though, it's like an inch well, and a half to two inches long. Like he'll twist it in okay. pools and like. Bring it out so it's like little teepees in uh, housing his nipples. That's character too. That's I think it's part of how like if you're gonna rate nipples, you gotta consider the hair around <laughs> it. You know, so it's part of it. Maybe next rumpus time, I'll have you yeah. rank uh, prominent nipples. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I'm gonna say this because I think I think it's a good idea. I'm sure somebody who's like you know, super technical and whatever could like poke all sorts of holes in this. But like, I think that for most normal human beings, this makes a lot of sense. You should probably get a password manager. Okay. What? Uh, No, I think, okay. All right. I think you're right. You have a very, I don't want to, I don't even want to say this because my password management is 
fucking awful. <laughs> You'd basically be able to hack my entire fucking life. <laughs> but I, yeah, sure. I, 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 I don't like dealing with passwords. I have fucking 125 passwords I have to fucking deal with. Yeah. And I don't want to, if I, when I get a new phone, I have to go back in and every password I had to, um, you know, remember. Uh-huh. And they're similar ish, but they're, you know, they're different because I can't log into them. And sometimes I log in with the right password and it says, oh, you, and then I go to reset it. And then it's like, oh, you can't use the same password you just used. Well, I was like, well, then why the fuck can I not log in? You know, like I'm, I'm tired of password shit. We need to, technology needs to be like, and they have, right? They got the fingerprint stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, and so that's that's cool. They they're doing their part. I'm just I'm tired of I'm tired of fucking passwords. Eric. I can't <laughs> fucking. It's too fucking much. Like, I, I you know what? That's. I mean, then maybe this wisdom is right up your alley, then, Ryan. So what it? So like, if I had a password manager at work where I basically log in as one, and then all my passwords just hit from there. Like, I log into one thing, and I have a password manager, and it, then it prompts me to change it you know, whatever, but like all my applications within the domain that I'm using, you know, they populate, right? You, is that what you're, you're talking about single sign on? Uh, I mean, I, I get, I yeah, that's probably what I'm referring to, but you, like I, it's a password manager. I mean, single sign on is different than a password manager, but uh, are you talking about like for external stuff or like, cause a password, like single sign on allows me to once I log in, then hit every application I need to with the single password or I'm not, not talking a single about password, fucking whatever. work shit, dog. I'm talking about like real life personal things. Well, yeah, I don't use one. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is that maybe you probably should. But does that what? So does that just allow? Does that allow you to hit your apps with a password manager? Is that you have? Do you just have your passwords listed? I, I I've never used one, so I can't. Which speak is to clearly the unsecure. I'm. I get it. I. Yeah, get the hate. I I can't speak to how all of them work. I'm sure that there is some. I just landed in the one that I landed on, and it's it's been totally fine. Uh, but the way that mine works, anyway. So I have my main password that I use for the password manager. Most things, so if I'm single sign on, but okay, go ahead. Most things when I go to say like Google, or if I go to. Uh, YouTube or what, whatever, you know, any yeah. any site that you would normally need to enter in a username and password. When you click on the little box, you'll get a prompt saying like, hey, here's your login for this. Do you want to use it? And so you just click on that and automatically fills in your stuff. You can have it where it automatically generates a password for you. Uh, like, let's say you're signing up for a new site and you want it and you just want it to create a password for you that's like unique. It can do that. It can also, it basically keeps a running log of all your passwords. And so if you have multiple that are the same or like matching, it'll say, hey, you have, you're reusing this password X number of times. Do you want to change it? And, and you can do it all through there. And it syncs up through your phone. It syncs up through your uh, like your PC, whatever, your desktop device, et cetera. So like multiple different things. So that way, no matter what device you're using, if you're trying to log into a thing, you can you can do it with a password manager. And, and again, you only have to remember one password. So, so that sounds great, but like if someone got like, and the nice thing is, is like when you're using something like Google or whatever, they're going to hit you like usually with some sort of two factor authentication uh-huh. and say, Hey, like, okay, like someone new is logging on this device. We don't recognize we're going to hit you with another ping to your cell phone or whatever, um, which is great. Um, but it sounds very similar to 
any other single sign-on thing. Like, you, if someone got your one password... Yes, if they, in theory, got your password manager password, then that would be problematic for you. But that's the whole reason why you make that password something that you can not only remember, but uh, wow. is somewhat complex, not just password one exclamation point or some shit like that. <laughs> but, but yes, you make that password good, and then for all the rest of your fucking passwords... And that also works with uh, two-factor authentication. So that way, if, if there is like a, you know, an unknown device or whatever that tries to log in with that program, then you'll also get a ping. Right. And I think, I think that's why I'm like, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I think you should be like, your password should be protected. And then, you know, like a hundred percent, I'm just saying like, there is so much, like if I, if I log in on another device for any application, they're going to ping me on my phone. <laughs> because that and that so there's so much protection built in already that like I don't really worry about it too much and then if I get like any sort of like weird activity they're gonna ping me too and be like hey just your email like and then Google's gonna be like oh well, you know there's so much go and I, I'm not shitting on password I, you know I'm not shitting on this at all I'm just saying like the reason I feel secure is because everything is so you know, any weird activity, you're going to get pinged. You're going to get if, pinged. I mean, if you have two-factor authentication, not everything. That's what I do. You know, you don't use to, oh, well, maybe you should make this a two-factor authentication, Eric's wisdom tree, Eric. You're so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, like I'm Google just, and shit has that, but like a lot of these like, you know, sites that you use one time ever and then never think about ever again, most of those don't have fucking two-factor authentication. Yeah, but Google will be like, hey, do you want me to remember this password? And then it's signed up with Google, and Google will handle the rest of it. I trust Google with my life. There's like some people pray to Jesus Christ. I have Google. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you fucking end end the podcast any better than that, Ryan and his Jesus Google. But uh, we'll be back March 9th, Rumpus time. I don't know what we'll talk about. Maybe passwords. Maybe Ryan will <laughs> confuse single sign-on with uh, with, with two-factor authentication again. I'm not quite. I sure. didn't confuse it with two-factor authentication. Kind of sounded like you I did. did not. No, not at all. Like I may. Okay, just wrap up your shit. Don't don't shit on me on the way out. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Real. Whatever you say, pal. Be nice. I didn't confuse them. I understand the difference. I'm just saying. Like He's just a little confused. I brought up the difference. In fact, this uh, happens Eric to everybody not. when they get old. You know, you get a little confused. You have to like, exp- oh, it's not, his name's not Marilyn Mason, dad. Huh, <laughs> stupid old man. Technology's hard, I get it. Not for me. <laughs> nah. they, call, they call me the Colton of technology. <laughs> Everyone's getting name dropped on, on these, uh, these episodes that we've got going on here today. But again... Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Hardmark Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow Ryan, TikTok. Just try and get his, his usernames, RJ Murphy1922. See if you can guess his password. It's probably not going to be that hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> give us, give us a five star rating on Spotify. If you're not giving us a five star rating, remember you can find us watching it with Robert and Tom L for three stars and below. Make sure that you're, you're doing that. And if you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. Thanks, everybody. Biggest pussy referee I've ever seen.